0: Manna or Meatloaf, Episode 33, Gratitude. Hello, hello, tis the season, and even though you know my Christmas is up and I may be listening to the sounds of the season, in the spirit of Thanksgiving this week, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about gratitude, don't you think? Gratitude seems to be one of those things that we wish we could dwell more on and keep more in the forefront of our minds and hearts as a way to help us feel better and keep things in perspective, but I don't know about you, sometimes, and maybe it's because it falls between the holidays of... Halloween and Christmas, it just feels like it doesn't get quite the attention it deserves. I just know that if we could make it a bigger part of the attitudes and characteristics that we exemplify on not only a daily basis, but throughout the year, not just at Thanksgiving time, we would all be so much better for it. The definition of gratitude is a feeling of appreciation and thankfulness for blessings or benefits we have received. And while I like to think that we're grateful and recognize those bounties, I also hate to think that the saving principle of gratitude can become a bit slippery when times are hard and challenges surround us. Is our gratitude hard to keep close during these days of the world's history? In Gratitude, A Path to Happiness, Sister Bonnie L. Parkin, former General Relief Society president, says, quote, Gratitude requires awareness and effort, not only to feel it, but to express it. Frequently, we are oblivious to the Lord's hand. We murmur, complain, resist, criticize. So often, we are not grateful. In the Book of Mormon, we learn that those who murmur do not know the dealings of that God who created them. The Lord counsels us not to murmur because it is then difficult for the Spirit to work with us, end quote. That reminds me of my darling little 88-year-old mother-in-law. She regularly says, I don't complain. I just whine sometimes. <laughs> and then by the end of every single conversation, no matter what, she's always telling us everything she's grateful for. Oh, what a wonderful example she is. Again, practicing and expressing gratitude when facing trials is simply not an easy task. But the Doctrine and Covenants, fifty-nine, verse seven, commands us that quote, thou shalt thank the Lord thy God in all things, and not just all the nice things. Now, I have a friend that lost a child, a young child. Her insight into the important things has taught me such great lessons in life. Two of those messages are that the dishes or the housekeeping will always need to be done, but never put off spending time with and be grateful for the ability to connect with loved ones because you may not have another chance to do so. The other is to be grateful for every minute with those loved ones instead of focusing on the fact that they're gone. From the perspective of one who would give anything for extra time with her son, we can all learn an awfully lot about being grateful. I can't even begin to imagine how hard that would be, but gratitude changes hearts. It helps us see what's there instead of what isn't. President David O. McKay observed in his book Pathways to Happiness, 1957, page 318, that, quote, we find in the bitter chill of adversity the real test of our gratitude, which goes beneath the surface of life, whether sad or joyous. I love that. Now, the perfect example of gratitude among the trials of life was pointed out so eloquently by Elder Gary E. Stevenson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles in his conference talk, Highly Favored of the Lord, in last month's General Conference for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. At the end of his address, he challenged us all to listen to the encouraging, enthusiastic, uplifting words of the Prophet Joseph Smith, who who wrote the following in tremendous affliction and isolation, and was basically homebound in Nauvoo, hiding from those who were looking for him and would eventually illegally apprehend him. He says, quote, Now, what do we hear in the gospel which we've received? A voice of gladness, a voice of mercy from heaven, and a voice of truth out of the earth. Glad tidings for the dead, a voice of gladness for the living and the dead. Glad tidings of great joy. Shall we not go on in so great a cause? Go forward and not backward. Courage and on and on to the victory. Let your hearts rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Let the earth break forth into singing. End quote. Wow could you say that amidst those trials? I don't know if I could. To allow yourself the attitude of gratitude amidst such difficulty truly, truly inspires me. Now, I want to take a second on this platform to share with you the things I'm most grateful for. And I hope you'll find places, especially on social media, as we've been challenged by our dear prophet, President Nelson, to flood the world with gratitude. I am grateful for the blessings my Father in Heaven has given me, including my testimony of His restored gospel on the earth. I am so grateful for my membership in this church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and for all the things within the construct of the gospel that guide and direct me through this mortal journey and keep me centered on Jesus Christ. I am grateful for my knowledge of the great plan of happiness and for the time and space we've been granted to learn, grow, practice, repent, and improve that we might return to our heavenly family and live with our earthly families throughout eternity. This knowledge provides such meaning and purpose and hope in my own life, and I am so incredibly grateful for it. I'm grateful for the families I've been blessed with, my loving parents and siblings, their examples, and the love and support of my wonderful mother and father-in-law. Though Doug lost his dad about four years ago, he continues to be a presence in our lives through the love he shared with us on earth. How grateful I am for the promise of life after death. I am incredibly grateful for my wonderful husband, Doug, for his love and the life we share. And I am filled with gratitude beyond measure for my children and the blessings of being their mother, for the wonderful spouses they've chosen and the beautiful grandchildren they've given me. My heart simply cannot hold all the gratitude for the levels of complete and utter adoration and love that these grandbabies bring me. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Among so many things, on top of this list is my gratitude for my Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ, whose boundless love grants us each the opportunity for the things I've mentioned, life after death, forever families, and hope in the future from His infinite atoning sacrifice. How grateful I am that for me, a sinner, He suffered, He bled, and died. (laughs) Yes, it is wonderful. I'm also so grateful for my health, the Book of Mormon, my home, the freedoms of our choice nation, and living prophets to direct us and be the mouthpieces for the Lord on the earth. I am so grateful for our prophet, seer, and revelator, President Russell M. Nelson. He shared a message of hope a few days ago that made me cry repeatedly as I looked into his clear, bright eyes through the computer. I can see His love for each of us, and I can see the Savior's love for us through them. He said, quote, Over my nine and a half decades of life, I have concluded that counting our blessings is far better than recounting our problems, end quote. As I genuinely thank each of you for being part of this podcast journey and spending a little bit of your time here with me each week. My thanksgiving wish to each of you is that you listen to that broadcast. It can be found on the Church of Jesus Christ of Saints.org and will give you hope and fill your hearts with thanksgiving during this time of year. Now, let's remember while we're trying to keep the important things important that it is not joy that makes us grateful, it is gratitude that makes us joyful. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you, and I'll talk to you next time.